0: Oh. So- Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection located in Petaluma, California featuring the collection of super collector author and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and information and so much more. Plus, your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum. It's the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. Subscribe now at RanchoObiWan.org. Get tons of cool perks, information, and history of Star Wars collecting from the man who knows it best, Steve Sansweet. while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. RanchoObiWan.org. This this podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com.
1: All right, ladies and germs. Mostly ladies. <laughs> Hey hey we are uh, are back with another wonderful experience here at the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. I'm really excited for this show Shanti. Are you?
2: I am. Time to give uh the ladies a shot.
1: Absolutely. And um speaking of giving the ladies a shot, we found a new friend uh, wandering the interwebs uh Danielle, <laughs> how you doing?
3: I'm good. How are you? Thank you for picking me up in you know the the back alley of the (laughs) interweb
1: (laughs) yeah you gotta i was so lost (laughs) um tell us a little bit about your channel
3: well my name is danny sansasi i am a licensed cosmetologist and registered super nerd i host a show on youtube called comics and cosmetics Where I do my makeup while I talk about whatever nerdy topic I've been obsessing about that week, while people watch me. Nice, (laughs) creepy. That's not creepy creepy at all.
1: Absolutely. Well, if you're gonna have a uh, a, a creepy uh, webcast, might as well uh, do something uh, constructive with it, right? But uh, Mm -hmm. that is true. Very nice.
3: uh, It's my opportunity to educate the masses. Um, Normally I cover like, uh, here's what you need to know before you watch the show kind of thing. Um, Sometimes I like to uh, pick out a specific storyline and pick it apart and speculate. Speculating is my favorite. I am a non-denominational nerd. I love it all. Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. love star wars let's face it who doesn't but i also love star trek and i love doctor who and i love comic books and everything i actually wrote a book about a female superhero many many moons ago so one might say i'm a bit of an expert on uh, female superheroes very and, nice
1: uh, we, we picked uh we picked the right uh <laughs> We picked the right um, webler, uh, web lurker. Um, <laughs> Ow. But uh, that's nice. I've been
3: called worse. <laughs> I've Been called worse. Absolutely,
1: so is exactly. exactly. I, uh,
3: I own a salon in Southeast Missouri, so uh, trust me when I say I've been heard been it all. Been called worse. <laughs> yeah.
1: Awesome. So yeah, folks, go check her out. Comics and cosmetics, and uh, see if you can learn a little something about comics and cosmetics. Check that out. So um, I'm glad you're here with us. We have a really great uh, show, uh, a discussion on uh, female superheroes. And um, let's uh, start off right off the bat here. Uh, superheroes have always been traditionally male. You got male dominated stories filled with testosterone and crushing bones and destroying the enemy. And not that women can't do that either, blowing stuff up, and the list goes on. But today's modern superheroes are filled with diversity, not only with the actors that they play, uh, but uh, the way that we see them. And that always hasn't been the case, right? Characters like Wonder Woman, played masterfully by. Everyone's favorite, Linda Carter, in the 70s started the modern movement of bringing in strong female characters. But the 70s were the first time we uh, the 70s were the first time we see uh, superheroes, uh, female uh, superheroes or even characters like Wonder Woman in general. And it's because the 70s show that Linda Carter rose to legendary status over the years, and she is still a favorite to this day. Um, let's do a little rewinding back to the 1940s. And I wanted to mention, uh, I was doing a little bit of research on, uh, what arguably may be the very first superhero character created for, uh, for the media. Um, and I know earlier I had posted a picture of, uh, of that screen capture jungle comics number two Uh, phantoma mystery woman of the jungle um and i know you had something to say about that danny what what you say about that
3: (laughs) well i love that you threw in the word arguably like that is (laughs) that was the key phrase arguably because she pretty much existed in this just in this part of the jungle you know and she didn't really go out to fight crime and and stuff like that she was just kind of like you know I I struggle to use the word avenging spirit, uh, but it was something similar to that.
0: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, if, if these guys crossed this part of the jungle and they ticked her off or did something that she felt they shouldn't be doing, she'd take them out. So it's not like she was really going out to do these things for the betterment of mankind or whatnot. It wasn't um, what we would call superhero trope today mm-hmm. um but she was definitely the first hero that was a female in comics
1: someone with extra powers go ahead, I'm sorry. someone with extra powers uh mm-hmm. almost paranormal to a degree um she had special abilities like flight and levitation Uh, Mm -hmm. Transmutation I saw The uh, publisher of Jungle Comics Was known for featuring progressive Female characters at the time uh, Which also included uh, Characters like uh, Sheena But uh, what were you going to say?
3: Well there were And by the way that Sheena character Is where Ike Turner got Tina Turner's name
1: Oh there you go (laughs) He was
3: a big fan of Sheena the Jungle Um, Well there were two other characters That actually came out before Wonder Woman Mm-hmm. One was the woman in red. Uh but she was more like a private eye in disguise. She wore this really long, flowy full-length coat, red hat with a black domino, but she was more of just, you know, a detective, you know. Oh, found these guys. Here's the police kind of thing. <laughs> um and she still went home and cooked supper for her man. Wow. Um and then you had <laughs> Miss Fury who was kind of an inspiration for Catwoman? You could definitely tell if you look at her; she's she's dressed exactly like like Catwoman, and it's so funny because you know she was on her way to this this ball, and her dress got ruined. So she was like, "Oh, look! This was worn by an African shaman, and it's a skin tight cat costume with stilettos. I'll wear this to the ball." <laughs> <laughs> sure, that. That's something you would totally do in 1940. But she she had a compact that she would, you know, blow, blow on to distract and blind her enemies. And she was very sassy and aggressive. It was something completely unheard of for 1940. And she was also the very first comic book character that was created and written by a woman. Hmm. She actually beat Wonder Woman. To the newsstands by six whole months.
1: Wow. Wow. Very six nice. months.
3: But she didn't really have superpowers per se, quote unquote. Uh she was just kind of like Batman in, sure. in a sense. Yeah. So, but I always thought Miss Fury was really cool. Fun fact, her name was actually Black Fury, but uh the publisher was like, mm, we're taking the word black out of there. Wow. We're gonna call her Miss Fury. Yeah i don't know i like black fury way better
2: yeah it sounds awesome yeah
1: sounds more uh intimidating you have no um, idea what you were yeah in that's for. interesting <laughs> and thank you very much for dropping the knowledge like that that is uh that is awesome Excellent, excellent Um, So uh, Shanti and I did a Red 5 Live um, Last night because it was Star Wars Podcast Day We are recording February 8th Uh, The 7th was Star Wars Podcast Day A lot of us got together And uh, we did touch a little bit about growing up nerd And since we're doing this episode on female superheroes I wanted to ask both of you guys um, What it was like growing up um, being a nerd and being a girl um, especially in a you know uh, most people say you know the, the geek fandom is, is kind of male dominated and I know Shanti had a story last night regarding uh, getting teased about liking uh, Star Wars and things like that but um, what has been uh, your experience growing up uh, growing up nerd Danny I'll start with you our, our guest
3: Oh, well, um, <clears throat> so not only was I a girl, and this is, okay, so I actually grew up in Shriners Hospital for Children in St. Louis. Uh, I was born physically disabled. I had a had a lot of problems, and a lot of problems, and I had spent a lot of time in the hospital, and uh, every Thursday, I think it was... Some comic book store in St. Louis would donate, I mean, boxes of comic books, just boxes of them. And you could go down to the RT room, which is you know, recreational therapy. So basically the playroom, you could wheel on down to the RT room and you could just take whatever comics you want, like piles of just free comic books. Wow. And uh, I went down there one day and that's when I saw my first Wonder Woman comic. It was 1988. George Perez around here somewhere um and i went back to my room and i remember reading this book thinking oh my gosh like she can fly and she's really really strong she can go anywhere she wants to and for a little girl who was pretty much trapped in a hospital bed in a wheelchair that was very attractive Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was a really really cool concept so uh, I became obsessed. Now my my dad was really into sci fi. He was really into Dark Shadows and Doctor Who uh, and Star Trek. And my mom was really into Star Wars. So I already had, you know that uh, that the upbringing geek, that the geek DNA. Yeah, cool. absolutely.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, my mom actually still has the first vhs box set of the original trilogy and she has basically told me i will have to pry that out of her cold dead hands like i'll have to dig up her corpse (laughs) and wrench it out of her fingers but um but then i got into comic books which you know my parents didn't quite understand they were like you're a kid don't you want to watch tv i'm like no this is cool what's on tv is it this no okay (laughs) um and you know, I already had quite a lot stacked against me because I, here I am, a little disabled kid who can't quite walk right. And uh, I'm just this tiny little girl in inner city St. Louis. So the fact that I'm toting around comic books and I'm talking about how my boyfriend is Han Solo didn't exactly win me a whole lot of friends. <laughs> um, so sad. Man. <laughs> I I was pretty much a loner, but like a lot of girls in my generation, I can't speak for younger or older, but for girls in my generation that grew up fans of Wonder Woman and comic books in general, I became a total punk rock kid <laughs> in high school. I was I was 100 percent a riot girl Um and that didn't exactly win me a whole lot of friends either when I, you know, shaved my head and walked around in Jenkos. but I did it anyway. But uh, once I got older and I found out that there were people out there like me, then it was almost like, what's, how would you put it? It's like, discovering who you are that you're not a weirdo that there is a community out there there are people who like this stuff and not just like oh yeah I enjoy watching that but appreciate the the intellectual storytelling the the underpinning the the motive behind it the inspiration like they really enjoy talking about it and You know, talking about the philosophy behind it. And once I discovered that, man, I was just like 100% off to the races. (laughs) It, it, It virtually changed my life.
1: That is amazing. I, I love that story. And, you know, as much uh, crap as comic books got uh, back in the, you know, probably more so in the 50s and 60s, yes. um, you know, there were a lot of artists and a lot of authors and writers that wanted to write the the greatest American novel. And, um, you know, but they still had to pay the bills. You know, they still had to put food on their tables. So there's a yeah. lot of uh, great, you know, writers that uh, created pen names and went into the business of writing comic books and, uh, you know, didn't want to tell people that uh, they did that. So they, you know, changed their names. You had, uh, you know, obviously the biggest example was Stan Lee. And uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's really great. I, I think, um, you know, you said you said something that really – Um, that's something that I I really appreciate the fact that, you know, this genre, um, you know, we love superheroes and sci-fi and fantasy, um, for many, many reasons. And I think a lot of people misconstrue the fact that, you know, people are running around in leotards, shooting lasers out of their fingertips and flying in spaceships. But when you peel that stuff back, you know, there are some really great messages, some really Absolutely. great stories uh, that are, you know, um, encompassing some of the characters that we love. I mean, take a look at, uh, you know, the X-Men and uh, mm-hmm. the civil rights movement of the 60s and and, and what uh, Stan Lee and all the creatives, uh, the writers that were trying to trying to tell these stories uh, to kind of maybe teach a lesson about, uh, you know, acceptance.
3: Absolutely. Every single one of those stories has a message and not to sit here and, and self-promote, but the book I wrote, it was basically, cause you know, one of the things that, that happened, one of the reasons I was in trainers was when I was 14, like a month after I started high school, I had my foot cut off. Like it was, that was a big deal for a girl going through puberty and starting high school. Like you're going to cut off my body part. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a freak. No one's going to want to talk to me. But When I wrote my book about my hero, she was an amputee too. So the whole book is a giant metaphor. It was just a therapy device for me to be able to, one, say goodbye to the woman I was going to be and get to know the woman that I was now. It was just a giant metaphor for me trying to get rid of those parts of myself that were weighing me down and accept myself like the whole tagline of the book was saving yourself can save the world because I had had kids at this point and if I was going to raise happy healthy well-adjusted children that I needed to be happy healthy and well-adjusted myself and if it wasn't for comic books if it wasn't for Wonder Woman if it wasn't for Marvel and DC and I wouldn't be who I am today. They helped me get through that stuff because not only did it give me a place to escape what I was going through, but you read about, you you can relate. You can relate. You're like, well, if this character was written by another human being and they're able to get through it, then what's stopping me? I can get through it too. Right. Comic books are an extremely underrated medium. Absolutely.
1: Shanti, you, you shared a story with us, uh, last night, um, about getting teased because you loved what you love. Um, can you recount that story with us and, um, tell us a little bit about that experience?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, And I think I may have alluded to the fact that uh, it actually even came from, you know, a family member, but kind of the whole thing, again, that this is only for boys and constantly kind of being told like, oh, Star Wars is just for boys. Like, how can you like that kind of stuff? And, and even growing up, you know, where I, you know, where I grew up here in Miami, Again, it is a cultural thing as well because the school that I went to was predominantly, you know, Hispanic and a lot of the kids that I went to school with just were really not into this stuff. And if the boys were into it, forget it, I couldn't be into it because I'd be teased and I'd be called a boy and everyone would be super insulting. The only thing that seemed to be acceptable at the time that it just jogged my memory in middle school, believe it or not, was the Power Rangers because it was comprised of both male and female characters. So it was kind of like there was something for everybody. But that's really the only thing I ever remember being acceptable that was nerdy. Everything else, I really had to keep it under wraps.
0: Mm.
1: And that's too bad because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now nowadays everybody's saying, oh, Star Wars is for everyone. And and the mm-hmm. stories that we love are, are pretty much uh, pretty... Uh, pretty diverse, um, both in the, uh, the behind the scenes authors that are telling the stories and the characters that are created. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're living in the time that we are because we've got so much content, uh, for everyone. And that's, uh, that's fantastic.
2: What an age to be alive. I know.
3: Yes.
1: yes.
2: And I always found it strange that, you know, people, nerds like us would be looked, down upon, especially in my time, it was all about looking up to the jock and the cheerleaders. And it's kind of like, how can you put down intelligence like this? Because as much as I don't like to generalize, everyone that I've ever met that has been into comic books or sci fi or Star Wars, whatever the case may be, they always do tend to be highly intelligent. So to reduce it to that is such a kitty thing, that's a child's thing. How can you read that kind of stuff? No. no. Intelligence, creativity, they all go hand in exactly. hand. Yeah. Exactly.
3: That's what I was getting ready to say, that what they're doing is they're discounting creativity as an mm-hmm. intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I, I can mm-hmm. 100% relate to that. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman.
2: All the world is waiting for you. How power you possess
3: in your satin tights fighting for your rights and the old red
0: white and
1: blue let's get down to uh our discussion specifically about uh, everyone's favorite wonder woman the creation of that character is I was, as I was doing the, the research. Um, so uh, I'm going to mention William Moulton Martin and Marston. Uh, Marston sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, so it was his wife's uh, idea. Elizabeth mm-hmm. ha- Holloway. Is that right? Holloway. 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 Uh-huh. Um, they had a kind of a weird little arrangement because there's a third party involved.
3: Yeah. And uh, I guess these days it wouldn't be considered that weird. I mean, not for me. That's fine. (laughs) I don't like to share, but it's fine. Whatever makes you happy. But yeah, Olive Byrne, she was actually Margaret Sanger's niece. Hmm. Like she came from a very feminist background and William Moulton Marston considered himself a, an absolutely true feminist. He actually believed that in a hundred years, women would be ruling the world, that we'd be living in a matriarchy. He, God love him.
2: <laughs> We're still Smart waiting. Man.
1: But it's funny, though, because so Olive Byrne was listed as as their life partner. And I just had I had yeah. to kind of like re-scroll and, and reread that because I'm like, wait a minute. Huh? And it I was. I was there, yeah,
3: they made a movie about it. It's yeah. called Miss, uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women.
1: Oh, okay. Where's that at? Uh, I don't know.
3: Uh, for science. <laughs> yeah, for,
1: so for Check science. it out.
3: It was for science. They yeah. invented the lie detector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, he was a Harvard professor. He was a psychologist. His wife was actually a professor also, but they denied her tenure because you can only have tenure at Harvard if you have testicles. So they told her, no, no, no um but she was a very brilliant woman um you could i don't know where you could watch that movie you just have to google i guess but it came out odd three three or four years ago uh what's the guy who played dracula in the latest movie he uh he played professor marston But it's a pretty good movie. It's fairly accurate. They all had children together. And after Marston died in 1947, so you know, his character had only been out seven, eight years when he died from lung cancer. Um, he insisted that the women continue living together and raising the kids together. That's that was his wish. He made Wonder Woman based off of both of the women because he felt like them combined made the absolute perfect woman. And that's i mean kind of beautiful if you think about it yeah. it was a, a love letter to to the loves of his life and sure. when he first took it to all-star comics he named he had named her suprema and they were like we love it we love everything about it but uh suprema that sounds a little too jewish so let's call her wonder woman
0: <laughs>
3: hmm. what the hell <laughs> wow I, it still makes me giggle every time they yeah. thought Suprema sounded Jewish, and they said no. Wow! What yeah. on earth? What old
2: fashioned anti-Semitism. <laughs>
3: uh, Lord. Well, and he he changed his name. Publishing his his nom de plume was uh, Charles Moulton because. You know, he was a Harvard professor. And if Harvard found out that he was publishing comic books, well, then, you know, you can't work here. That's you're basically doing porn. You can't do that. That's disgusting. (laughs) So uh, he eventually gets busted and they do fire him. But at that point, Wonder Woman was doing great. And. He was so thrilled to find out that not only were little girls reading this, which that was his original purpose. He felt like little girls needed a positive female role model. Like they, they didn't have to be just a fabulous accessory for some man that they could live on their own. They could do things on their own. And he found out that not only little girls are reading these comics, but boys Mm. like little boys, especially soldiers.
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah
3: now but uh (laughs) uh, it was it was a pretty big hit it's just really sad that he died in 1947 right when the uh what was his name frederick oh this is gonna absolutely slay me the guy who wrote that book that said comic books were evil Uh, oh damn it it's gonna drive me crazy frederick 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 It was Seduction of the Innocent by Frederick Wortham. And that's what kicked off the anti comic book thing in the 50s, because, you know, during World War II, all the men were gone. So the women went to work. Mm -hmm. They went to factories for the first time, really. They left the kids with the sitter and they built airplanes and they flew airplanes and they built tanks and they built munitions. And I mean, they were we were a nation full of Rosie the Riveters. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, fantastic. I mean, these women were so proud of themselves and they felt fulfilled. And then the men came home from war and it wasn't even a thank you. It was like, all right,
1: get back to to the kitchen.
3: Mm-hmm. Back to the kitchen with you. No mustard no. this time. <laughs> and you know, these these guys are looking at these comic books like, well, these books are encouraging them <laughs> to go shopping <laughs> on their own. Right,
1: yeah. Exactly. And
3: to go jogging. How what? Surely How not. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they? Not so today, Saint. <laughs> so this Frederick Wortham, this doctor Frederick Wortham, medical doctor, decided this is what's wrong with with everything it's it's women, these comic books are encouraging these women to you know wear pants and uh walk outside alone and think we can't have that. So he wrote this book, and in it he postulates. That Wonder Woman is turning women gay. um, That Wonder Woman's a lesbian. Because apparently, and this is something we are still uh, dealing with today. And we don't realize it. We're dealing with the aftermath. This is where the narrative started. That women can't be both. You can't be feminine and you can't be strong at the same time. You can't be you know, girly and independent at the same time. It, it just doesn't mesh. They decided right then and there that if you're going to be a strong, independent woman, then clearly you don't like men. You're a lesbian and that's an aberration. You should not want to be that. That is just terrible. And we need to find a way to kill it with fire right now. And it's just, it, it killed comic books for like, uh, virtually to this day <laughs> for for women i'm sorry
1: Continue. <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that's uh, uh I, that, that's that's what started you know the whole uh comic book code authority um that they did took over absolutely did and um but l- let's rewind a little bit because we can't talk about the origins of wonder woman without mentioning um you know world war ii obviously all american publications mm-hmm. which is one of the three comic books uh, that mm-hmm. merged and ended up uh, becoming DC Comics. Uh, what yes. an exciting time and in innovation! Uh, the, sh- the The paradigm was shifting, like you said. Um, men were away fighting a war, and uh, wa- women were uh, were taking charge. Um, like you said, uh, you know, there were a lot more. Um, women in, in, in comic books, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Rosie the Riveter. So, uh, really fantastic. But yeah, all of a sudden, all the men came back and said, What the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> World War II was winding down. So, the need for uh, female superheroes in the 50s and 60s um, heralded a period that we uh, talked about uh, where everything kind of snapped back to societal norm n- normalcy or or what a lot of uh, folks decided was societal normalcy you know you didn't need uh, women's help anymore so that equated to we don't need women uh, comic book characters um yep. is kind of goofy mm-hmm. um But, uh, you know, there was a competing company known as Atlas Comics. Um, They were introducing new superheroes or new characters like Invisible Girl and Susan Storm. And this is uh, one of the companies that... ended up uh, becoming uh, Marvel Comics in their very early stages. So it's Mm -hmm. interesting that DC Comics Mm -hmm. instituted a rule of making female characters um, more background characters and kind of uh, bringing their male characters to the forefront and shifting the roles, Um, where Marvel, you know, seems to be doing the opposite, um, which... Oh, here we, here we go. Let's, let's okay. go. Let's go back to that arguably so, uh, term.
3: Yes. So, well, first of all, DC, yes. They were like, no, get rid of the lazy. In fact, they got rid of Catwoman altogether for a long time. <gasps> oh,
1: no.
3: Yeah. They uh, gave her amnesia. And she woke <laughs> up and she's all better. She's reformed. Okay, bye. And See then, yeah. like, put her in mothballs. See ya. She's she's too sexy. It's too sexy. It's too spicy. <laughs> Um, now Marvel, yes, Marvel was, they're like, well, if they don't want ladies, we'll give them ladies. (laughs) But if you pay attention to the female characters that Marvel was putting out, for instance, Jean Grey, who is Jean Grey, she's the most powerful, arguably, until, you know, Franklin Richards came around. But Jean was the most powerful. Powerful mutant in the entire world, but she couldn't handle it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah!
3: And she begged to be killed. So yes, they've created a female superhero. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and but she's,
0: she's super got powerful, issues, but she can't right.
3: handle it, and she needs a man to <laughs> she's kill the her. Little to woman, the <laughs> yeah. yep. that was that's what happened in the sixties and seventies. It, it Even Wonder Woman, nineteen sixty-eight. What did DC do? Took all her superpowers away. Her costume, everything, and then they gave her an old uh, Chinese martial arts man as her mentor. They put her under the thumb of a man, mm-hmm. and they gave, they made her the owner of a clothing boutique, and. Uh, <laughs> Like it wow. was they took all her powers away, all her costume, they put her in a white cat suit and they put her under the, the command of a man and she owned a clothing boutique and cried all the time <laughs> and through through temper tantrums. It was <laughs> atrocious. So Wonder Woman gets clipped and we do get some new female superheroes, but they you know, they had to be controlled or killed by men because they were just too powerful. It was too much. It was
1: Ugh. Poor
0: ladies.
3: Yep. <laughs> yes, poor ladies.
0: Drusilla. Hi, Diana. Oh. Oh. Gosh, you look beautiful. Oh,
2: what is this? It's really good. It's ice cream. What are you doing here? Mother sent me. Mother sent you? Mm hmm. I think you better come and sit down and tell me what this is all about. Very well.
1: Well, now that you're taking a sip from your Wonder Woman uh, wine goblet, let's uh, let's move forward a little bit and talk a little bit more about Wonder Woman and the uh, the rise of of, uh, of the TV show uh, back in the '70s, which is uh, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting show in, in how it was developed. Um, I guess ABC and uh, Warner brothers uh, teamed up to do a pilot, um, which actually um, Linda Carter was not in the pilot. Um, and I'm sure uh, Danny, you know the actress that played Wonder Woman before Linda Carter, right?
3: Well, there were two. There was one in the late sixties. I can't remember her name, but the name of that show was who's afraid of Diana Prince. And it was ridiculous. Uh she was this kind of frumpy girl that lived with her mom and she would see Wonder Woman in the mirror, but you know, it was supposed to be her and then she would dress like Wonder Woman and she could levitate. And it was only like a couple of episodes. Oh, so she it had some horrible. sort of
1: weird psychosis, huh? Again, yeah. again with the ladies. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Um, the second one came out in 1974 and it was a blonde woman named Kathy Crosby.
1: Kathy Lee Crosby and for us old folks, uh, we remember who she was. Um yeah, really it's I, I remember watching that and uh she, you know, not no uh no diss to the uh to the actress, but uh she really had no personality.
3: Hmm.
1: <laughs> I remember. But
3: hey, no 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 harm meant. <laughs> <laughs> you just really suck. <laughs>
1: I don't want to. Insult You're just a, you know, kind of a milk
3: toast wet paper bag of a lady.
1: <laughs> ABC decided not to pick up the pilot. It was dropped and forgotten mm-hmm. until a year later seems like Warner Brothers didn't want to give up the character, uh, rightfully so. So a new TV pilot was made, a new uh, series. Uh, This time we get Linda Carter.
3: The new original Adventures of Wonder Woman.
1: Um, which uh was really uh interesting because uh that character closely uh more closely matched the character that was created uh than that had been imagined by uh Mr. Uh, William uh, Two Wives Matson. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, ABC loved it and went into production. Um, what do you guys remember about uh, Linda Carter and uh, the show in the seventies? And again, I got to give Shanti some shit because she was a fetus. She a wasn't fetus even in a, the
3: seventies. I, mean, I don't even think she didn't her. even a 70s.
1: She didn't exist. Yeah.
2: Now, first, there are things that you must know about me so that you don't give me away. I have two different identities. You're not just Wonder Woman. No. I'm also Diana Prince, Yeoman, United States Navy.
1: All right, time for the big thank yous podcast family to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Team Scariff gives you all a heartfelt thank you. Wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales. What up, Joey? The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt. Super fan of many of the Red 5 Network pods, Nicholas Schaefer. Follow him at Backyard TARDIS. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad, at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida. Our other Floridians, Frank, at the garrison level. Big thanks and looking at you steve from rogue one radio check out that red five pod for movies music tv and more and certainly not least our executor level patrons 97 bravo and the conversions podcast and scott and kim from the used and abused podcast big thank you red Fivers. go give him a follow and our newest garrison level patron, melanie marquita big hugs to you my friend Huge respect to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scarif Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron,
0: head over to patreon.com slash
1: Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. What's up, guys? Chiming in here mid-show to remind you to stay till the end and find out how you can win a really awesome giveaway. DC Multiverse Batgirl from McFarland Toys. Stay to the end. Follow directions. Win a prize. Have you seen the uh, the, the Wonder Woman show? I've only seen
2: clips that wasn't, again, that wasn't one of the ones that was constantly on Mm -hmm. reruns. During my childhood, so I never really watched it. But I'm just very well aware of of Linda Carter. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, she's just so beautiful.
1: (laughs) She is. She's stunning. She is.
3: She was the – she is the living embodiment. I mean, physically, at least, Mm -hmm. absolutely, of of Wonder Woman. In fact, Alex Ross – Alex Ross, my God, what an amazing talent. Um, He modeled – his wonder woman in his books after linda carter um but the first time i saw her on tv the spin which spin was her idea the spinning around Mm -hmm. and turning into the costume um that was so cool i just i remember watching that like i can't believe i'm seeing this on tv (laughs) yeah how, how cool is this
1: and it was cool because the spin was uh integrated into uh other properties like uh yes animation and and mm-hmm. some of the other comic books mm-hmm. the little special effects that they did um and alex ross is actually mm-hmm. a uh, local he lives uh in uh, in the suburb next door here to chicago and skokie so it's oh. so. cool
3: you just yeah. had to throw that as he an enemy now <laughs> <laughs> you get so chicago one st louis 348
1: oh that's too funny but um yeah i mean you know when uh when people obviously you've got um you know gal gadot playing uh the more current wonder woman but you know you mentioned wonder woman to anybody and obviously linda carter um Mm -hmm. is uh top of mind um I've got plenty of uh, you know gifts uh, of her running in slow motion on my phone. So that's. I was gonna perfect. say we don't
2: want to know what's <laughs> on your phone. <is. laughs> not that kind of show. What is it about Wonder Woman? She had so much staying power. I mean, little girls now are still dressing up as Wonder Woman. It, 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 I think that it was that I decided way in the beginning that that she was more than just just a, a superhero. It's the secret self. It is the uh, it, it is the, the many hats. And when our when we're recognized for the many hats that we have the working person, the mother, the wife, the friend, the sister, the daughter. And, you know, it's the love, the integrity, the sense of justice, this this, the yin and the yang of us. I used to want to save the world. This beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within.
1: Going back to what you said about uh, the fact that you picked up some comic books and were really inspired, um, you know, that that story can be said by, you know, boy or girl. And it's just really fantastic that, um, you know, this genre, this type of uh, fantasy and escapism um, affects a lot of us like that. Um, you know, Shanti and I, we, we, we talk about that all the time on, on previous shows with other, you know, friends. Um, and it's, it's one of the reasons we keep coming back. Um, and it's really fantastic. I mean, Shanti is, uh, well aware of, uh, my love for, for star Wars and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can take a look at, uh, Shanti's, uh, not now, but, um, her background, her literal background and sometimes her actual background, she's got uh cat up there. Um, so it's, it's really, uh, it's really mind blowing how these things affect us. Um, you know, whether, again, whether you're a boy or a girl, um, whatever characters that kind of, uh, I don't know, you can relate to in some way. It's, uh, it's really fantastic. Um, and I, I'm going to ask Shanti, what is it about Catwoman specifically that uh, that you love?
2: Uh, that's kind of hard to say because the way that I was introduced to Catwoman, it was such a much more of a visual thing for me. I'm a very visual person. So the first ever Catwoman I was introduced to was the Michelle Pfeiffer one. And that's only because I snuck out of my bedroom to see what it was that my parents were watching on TV because they had rented Batman Returns and I saw her for the first time and it was actually the first time you saw her in the movie and obviously not knowing the context into how she became Catwoman, all I saw at that moment was just this strikingly beautiful sleek black costume and she is just so confident and she's kicking this guy's ass who is trying to you know, assault this woman and it just struck me between her confidence and being a badass and just being exceptionally beautiful. I, I mean, it just, it it spoke to me.
3: She could do both.
2: Yeah, and, and I know she's more considered like anti-hero, so I was actually trying to think matter. about this and really, I grew up actually with the X-Men cartoon when I was younger in the 90s, so believe it or not, My favorite female superhero is actually Storm because I've always liked weather as a kid. (laughs) And again, another strong, you know, powerful female. And I just, not only that, but then also a woman of color. So, and it didn't matter to me. I just saw this really strong woman and that she could manipulate weather. And I thought that was so cool.
3: I think the thing that speaks to most of us women Um, when it comes to superheroes and stuff is that, like I was saying about that narrative that was was made in The Seduction of the Innocent that if you want to be a strong, independent, capable woman you have to sacrifice your femininity, your sensuality your whatever makes you girly but Wonder Woman and Storm and even Jean Grey they showed us, no You don't have to sacrifice being feminine and being sensual and, you know, just liking pink to be physically strong, mentally strong, spiritually strong, independent, fully capable of taking care of yourself. You can have both. It is humanly possible for you to have both. And I think that's the thing that just that really grabs most, you know, nerds Girls that are into this nerd culture is that those characters show us that we can be both.
1: Yeah, Wonder Woman definitely um, demonstrates that. Um, She is, uh, you know, she gets down to business and she takes care of things. You have another wasp in your.
2: I'm going to kill the people upstairs.
1: I don't, I don't think Not I to hear To go anything. Wonder yeah. Woman on their asses.
2: <laughs> but it's true. I mean, look, I consider myself to be very feminine. The majority of my wardrobe is dresses. But at the same time, I, I know I could kick ass and I am independent. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I love giving myself a manicure. I mean, you can encompass both. It both. doesn't mean anything in the same way that a man can be masculine but still have that sensitivity. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So.
1: I don't show my feelings. Sorry.
2: We know that, <laughs> you robot.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to give you guys a little factoid uh, Q&A. Lyle Wagner, who played St- Steve Trevor in um, in the Wonder Woman 70s show, um, he was actually handpicked to play another character, Um Above and beyond the actual character that got it. And obviously, we cannot imagine Batman being played by any other character other than Adam West. Um, yep. and uh he he actually was in the running to play Batman, which is uh I find that uh, uh amazing. It's really cool.
2: There is only Adam
1: West time <laughs> out, right? I <laughs> I'm sorry, like yeah. I can't
2: even like picture yeah. anybody else. <laughs> and do it's funny you though. guys
3: remember? The moment you realized that Bruce Wayne and Batman were the same person.
1: No. Like I, I
3: do. And it was, it was because of Adam West. Mm. I remember running to my dad, you know, very little, like dad, dad, and this is what I actually said. I'm like, Batman turns into Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, did you really say that? <laughs> and he just. Starting giggling, he's like, "It's Wayne, honey." It turns into <laughs> that Bruce. Is so, that is so Bruce Cute. Willis is not Batman.
1: That's funny.
3: No, oh, I think I always alley.
2: knew, just because based on the stuff that I watched, I watched the animated series, so it was always pretty clear. Like, yeah, that came Bruce out when Batman I was in, in high the school. Same. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't watch. <laughs> I, I didn't watch <laughs> the original 1960s show until I got into high school, and then became really interested. In the more classic, it was stuff. on
3: every day when I
2: got home from school. Yeah, see, my parents watched it and they loved it. Sorry, <laughs> excuse me. But I'm pretty well, sure my parents watched Wonder Woman,
1: sure. Yeah, I'm sure they Who did. didn't. Everyone, I mean, everybody Wonder- did. Really- I, it was so popular.
2: I'm not really sure how it only
3: lasted three seasons, and even though some of it, okay the wetsuit, the motorcycle suit, the skateboarding suit, pretty corny. She had some corny stuff going on, but Invisible it was all plane. we had. Damn it. It was, it was all we had. And, uh, we, we liked it. We loved it. We were damn proud to have it.
1: And they were, they were, uh, seems like they were gearing up for a fourth season. They left a lot of, uh, threads, on, yeah, you some- know, loose, loose threads there. Um, but I think, you know, that last season, uh, according to the, some of the research I was doing, they, they, it seems like they were shifting their audience and there were a lot of like new characters that were younger and, um, and more like hip, um, which, um, you know, it, it, all three seasons still had some, some decent numbers from what I looked at, um, but uh, they decided to uh, change things around. I know The Incredible Hulk was moved into the time slot that Wonder Woman was in, yeah. and uh, they That's had a brand new it. show. Yeah, they had a brand new show um, that they wanted to try out called The Dukes of Hazard, baby. Mm. And uh, that was, kind of uh, shifted a lot of things. You know, Linda Carter's
3: show, Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman show on ABC, it, it spearheaded... Like a whole movement, really, because thanks to that show, we got the Bionic Woman.
0: Mm-hmm. God, I love. We that got.
3: Show. Oh, absolutely! I come on. I am literally the Bionic Woman. Okay, <laughs> so as a child, yeah. like that was a big deal for me. Like, mm. what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Damn, am
3: I going to be able to do things like that? The answer is no. <laughs> It's no. You can't run in I've, slow I've motion. Checked. Yeah. I've checked. i tried. I can absolutely run in slow motion. That's the only way I can run.
1: Uh, and what was the actress's um, name? Uh, Jamie. Uh, Lindsey Wagner. Uh, Lindsey Wagner. Oh, Lindsey yeah. Wagner. The character's name was Jamie Summers.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Pull yeah that. I know. Okay.
1: Um, I and hadn't I had s- a, I switched.
3: I had a Bionic Woman and Six Million Dollar Man Barbie dolls, mm-hmm. um, but it because of Wonder Woman we got Bionic Woman and then we got Charlie's Angels. Yeah, <laughs> and if you think about it, they Charlie was just a disembodied voice <laughs> yeah. on an intercom, so they were basically in charge of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when when was the the uh, the only other time we've ever seen that happen before wonder woman.
1: Right. Yeah. So getting back to wonder woman, I mean, you know, obviously from your background, um, I see your love for the character. Um, and obviously, you know, we all love strong characters. We're talking about, uh, strong female characters. What does wonder woman represent to you, Danny?
3: Um, well, she represents that it's okay to be a girl and to be tough. You know, I I grew up in inner city St. Louis, a disabled, very small, white blonde girl. <laughs> I got picked on mercilessly and, and you know, physically I, I got beat up. I got robbed. I... but it it, it wasn't okay. It wasn't cool to, to be tough, to be, you know, willful and a girl at the same time at all. You know, you were constantly told by the older women in your life that no one's going to want to marry you. No one's ever going to want to date you. Boys don't like girls like that. They don't, they don't like bad girls, but, Why was that me being a bad girl? Because I stood up for myself and Mm -hmm. I pushed back and, you know, it was, and, uh, you know, no offense to the, to the men in the room, but what, when, when you stand up for yourself as a woman and you speak your mind and you say, no, this isn't right. I'm not okay with this situation. What do you get called? You get called a bitch. Yep. Yeah. You get. Sorry. You you get called that. Yeah. And you get called crazy Mm -hmm. because you've either caught someone doing something they're not supposed to be doing or you have done something they don't like. You've spoken your mind, you stood up for yourself. You are that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And Wonder Woman showed me that it was okay. That standing up for yourself and speaking your mind and being independent and being capable and not needing someone else to, you know, a man or whatever to, quote unquote, take care of you or whatever was okay. In fact, it's wonderful because, and and what man wouldn't think that's wonderful because then they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you don't need them to survive. You don't need them. You want them. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a huge, huge difference. Why would okay. any other grown human being want another grown human being to, to, to need them to survive, to, to depend right. on them like that. And wonder woman, she, she taught me that wow. in every sense of the word, sure. be true to yourself.
1: Wow. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Yeah. Shanti, I know uh, you know, we uh we talk about stuff like this and we mention other um strong female characters. Uh you know, there's obviously uh one of our followers mentioned Ripley from the Alien franchise. Yes.
3: And she was a big um,
1: deal. Yeah, and she's obviously action star. Right. And obviously female we have uh we have Princess Leia, Leia Organa, mm-hmm. Princess of Alderaan. She's not uh she's not your grandma's princess, though. Heck um, no. But, um, you, you know, what, being a, a woman in the nerd um, uh, arena here, um, how do you uh, – Shanti, how do you relate to female characters and um, who are some of your favorites? Ooh.
2: Superheroes or just female characters in Just general? female
1: characters. They don't have to be just superheroes, but
2: – So it's funny um- – While Danny was talking, actually, one of the things that I was uh, thinking about while she was mentioning how, you know, if we do certain things that a man does, we're called a bitch and we're seen Mm -hmm. as emotional. Well, a great example of that that I was thinking of. We've already talked about how we can use the word nerd for all sorts of things. So I consider myself to be a fashion nerd. I happen to love the movie The Devil Wears Prada. And there is a whole scene in this movie where Anne Hathaway's character is actually talking about um, Meryl Streep's character and how she's, you know, the editor of this magazine, and it's supposed to be, you know, a farce on on Anna Wintour, who is the editor of Vogue magazine in real life. And she makes a great speech, kind of defending her, saying, you know, she is a tough, independent businesswoman who has built this magazine empire, and. If she were a man doing all of the same things that she's doing as a woman, they would be congratulating her. They'd be handing her a drink and a cigar kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, But instead, because she's a woman, she is seen as a bitch. She is seen as you know being too tough and emotional and closed off and and I think that's a real shame that a successful woman is is seen that way. So I have always really kind of, you know, liked that character. And of course, we just talked about I love Catwoman recently, uh Black Widow. I really love Black Widow. I love what Scarlett Johansson has given us again another tough independent woman. And so, yeah, those are the kind, it's nice to see females being represented in a much more positive light. That's another thing. I don't feel like women superheroes are being as sexualized anymore either, Mm -hmm. which is another thing that I like.
3: Oh, thank God. That was such a problem in the Mm nineties. And I get it. Women
2: are beautiful. I understand. It's not like we as women, you know, don't like looking at the guys in some of these movies now, but We see things very differently than Amanda. So I I like that women are not really sexualized anymore.
3: Well, if you look at a lot of the panels and covers in the 90s, you notice that they've got both booty cheeks and both, you know, chest dumplings. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, oh,
1: that's in a new full one. view
3: at the yeah, same was time. a no human that. being can do that. Like no one can twist in that way. But they made it a point to make sure the butt cheeks and the boobs are staring at you like at all times. Like who can get themselves in that position? And That's another thing. They-
2: Superheroes uh, that are trying to fight, and that's nothing. I've never agreed with these female superheroes running around in heels. I dare a no superhero to start fighting in heels. It's not I've tried, I have run in heels before. I cannot imagine having to fight in heels, no less. If, so you know, I'm if glad I like go that out kind of change, you know?
3: If I'm gonna go out and fight crime, I'm going to wear probably yoga pants. <laughs> And, uh, in my, uh, my assault boots, you know, something Uh, comfortable, breathable moves with me because have you tried to move in skin type pleather? Have you? We've all seen that episode of friends where Ross tries to pull on his leather pants. It's, it doesn't work out. My
2: thing is the reason why you should stop sexualizing female superheroes is because you're just going to further drive that this is for the male audience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it you do them... not—you don't see a lot of the male superheroes running around in short shorts or with their <laughs> shirts off, showing off their package, showing off their pecs all the time. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. you just I don't see do Captain America to in a speedo. America's. I'm good. I don't need a banana hammock. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that's what that, and that's my whole point. It's fine, yeah. Women are gorgeous. Hello, it's fine, yeah. We're we're attractive. I get it. We're all driven visually. It makes sense, but that's why I don't want female superheroes to be sexualized anymore. Not Because they're not beautiful. It's because you're teaching men it's okay to sexualize women, and again, you're just catering towards the male audience when. We all want to watch these movies. We all mm-hmm. want to read these stories now. Although, I'll throw Roe a row bone. Garcia Fwip is hot. <laughs> She's <laughs> she gorgeous sure to look is. at. <laughs> but again, that's another good example. She is a gorgeous character on boba fett but at the same point she's independent she's running that cantina and she's got this great boss attitude and yet the men are completely drawn to her and so are the women and she's Mm. really not overly sexualized she's not really wearing anything too overly skimpy so yeah that's a good you know recent example and you're right And I didn't really
3: notice that before. I'm glad you brought that up because Mm -hmm. not only is she the boss Mm -hmm. and and people are listening to her, but she's exercising her feminine power. Mm -hmm. She is soft and she is graceful and she's compassionate. Those are all very feminine qualities and they're very powerful qualities. Mm -hmm. And she exhibits Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. She's not dead
1: no
0: not at <laughs> no. All.
3: We, we we all no we saw no roasted leave that Garza we didn't see anything carcass. so yeah. until i see max rebo showed up at the last second in his car and his speeder i apologize my goodness shows up in his speeder and
2: he's like until i see a crispy in. body a la uncle owen and aunt Peru, <laughs> she's alive
3: absolutely she's alive
1: <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm going to have to crack open uh, one of my old boxes of 90s comic books and take a look at some of those um, covers, you know, for research.
3: Great. (laughs) I'm I'm so glad I inspired you, Ro. I'm I'm here for you, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, you you talked about um, Black Widow. It's
3: unrelated, but here.
1: (laughs) I wish our audience could have seen that.
2: I know, me too.
1: (laughs) But, uh, you know, talking about Black Widow, I I really, I was really digging her sister in, in, uh, in obviously, in the movie.
3: Florence Pugh is my girlfriend now. I
1: love her. She is amazing. I love Florence Pugh. She's oh my funny, God, she was she's amazing. strong, she's kick-ass. Hilarious. Yeah,
2: Hawkeye, too. What's her name? Haley Steinfeld. Oh, yeah. Haley
1: Steinfeld. Oh,
3: they're, I they're, like her, too. Together. Yeah. Oh my they were gosh. so
0: good
2: together.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. The it's a good time to be thing. both a
2: nerd and a female. We're living
1: in a yes. great age, honestly. <laughs> I would say so. I would yeah. say so, yeah. There
2: really is something okay. for everybody now, and I don't feel like I see too much of that Misogynistic attitude that much anymore towards like female, and I know uh um, characters and stuff. I haven't really witnessed it. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I, I, I have just nice haven't issues. seen it that much. I, I know I Johansson like-
1: was uh, lamenting uh, early on in in her Iron Man uh, suits that they were, you know, bringing yeah. that zipper a little too far down. Yeah, um, yeah. in her outfits. Um, and I know that, you know, obviously that has changed, but um, yeah. Same thing with Scarlet Witch.
2: I mean, that costume completely changed. and mm-hmm. um,
3: We're still playing catch up from the
2: repercussions
1: mm-hmm. of,
3: you know, the seduction of the youth. In my opinion, Black Widow, that movie should have came out in 2013. Oh, yeah. Instead of, oh, okay, here you go. It's like an afterthought. Yeah. You know, you're going to do a flashback movie 10 years after the fact right almost 10 years it just it didn't really do her justice i it was a good movie i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. yelena Mm -hmm. is just an international treasure at this point Mm -hmm. but they they should have given her that movie in 2013 she's one of the big six she's when when age of ultron came out and they did that flashback to the red room when she got sterilized That should have been the catalyst for her movie right there. The Mm -hmm. next movie that came out should have been Black Widow. Yeah. But, you know, um, if you recall, back in the early 2000s, we got the Catwoman movie starring Holly Berry. I know. I know. (laughs) You know. Uh, Halle Berry won a Razzie for that award. She actually showed up in person to accept it. So I know. And I got for Halle Berry. I really
2: give it up to her for doing that. that She recognized
3: the garbage that she gave us. She did. She so did. But we got I love her. her. That's what I
2: can't stand. I love her. I can't believe she did that. I hey,
3: look, look at me, Shanti. Wonder Woman eighty four. Wonder Woman 84. What was that? That was a nightmare. I have so many problems with that. You should watch my Wonder Woman video because it's just a giant crab session (laughs) about how Wonder Woman 84 sucks and Patty Jenkins should feel shame for her hubris. But anyway. (laughs) um, She said it,
2: Rose. She said
3: it. it. (laughs) Electra and Catwoman and... Oh, oh, the Jodie Foster movie, The Brave One, came out, and they all tanked in the bo- box office. But why did they tank? Because they were crap movies. They mm-hmm. phoned them in. They made the movies just to shut people up, basically. Well, we got to have a woman, so here you go. And <laughs> Girl, it was throw total- my bone. Yeah, it was, and it was just absolute crap. And so they decided. Well, obviously, movies with female strong leads don't sell so we can't do anymore yeah (laughs) joss whedon was actually picked to do wonder woman in 2001 and in 2006 2005 2006 they finally dropped the project and back then they said that it was because of created creative differences um but now the story is that women's superhero movies just weren't selling, so they killed the project. Am I grateful that they killed it? Yes. Yeah. Because we, we near that, <laughs> but <laughs> that was that was that the narrative that you know these movies with female superheroes or strong female leads. They, they just don't sell, and right. it's not that we don't want to see them. We do. We desperately want to see but them. Give us a good
2: it, story. Exactly. Put put your back into it.
3: Put some. To be honest, into I've it.
2: never been into Wonder Woman. She was never a superhero that I grew up with. She was never one that I watched. You know any even the animated series like batman and stuff like i never really liked any storylines that involved like wonder woman or anything i always just yeah. wanted i always just I, wanted to watch batman and that was it i just loved batman just and really it wasn't until you, so. it wasn't until the first patty jenkins wonder woman movie came out that i was like Oh, this is great. I love Wonder Woman. I started reading up on her. I love how Gal Gadot portrayed her. Then you gave us that sequel. <laughs> so like, what did you do? I, it was like, okay, I went right back so- to, Well, I don't care about this character that much anymore. <laughs> oh, I don't think you've ever known a woman like me.
1: Um so before before we uh, take off um, I just want to ask uh, Danny how the hell do you do s- do you, you pronounce them Some them <laughs> You can't say themascera row <laughs>
3: Is that a Chicago Skira. thing? I don't blame you. <laughs>
1: All right. My Um, point has been taken away. (laughs) Well, this, this has been a a really awesome discussion on female superheroes and Wonder Woman from Carter to Godot. Thank you, Danny, for participating in this. I I hope you had uh, as much fun as we did talking to you about, uh, about uh, Wonder Woman and uh, some wonderful characters that happen to be female. Tell our listeners, um, and actually, if you've made it this far, listeners, I want to uh, drop a a, a quick little note. I'm going to be telling you how to win a uh, McFarlane Toys Multiverse DC Batgirl. I will post that in the comments and uh, tell you exactly how to win it. Uh, Stay tuned for that message. I've got a picture that I'll post later on. Uh, A really great action figure if you are uh, a, a DC collector. Really awesome. Um, and if nobody claims it, let's send it over to you, Danny.
3: Oh, yay. Her
1: her eyes widened up. There you go. But, um, folks, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Danny, tell us where, uh, people can find you. And, uh, part of the contest is going to be, uh, making sure that, uh, they check your channel out.
3: Ah, yay. Well, you can find me, um, well, the channel is on the YouTubes, and uh, the name of the channel is Comics and Cosmetics. You can find us on Instagram. Instagram.
1: <laughs> Instagram. Um, you can how find much us on wine, Instagram. How much wine did you have? <laughs>
3: uh, just you know, half a just bottle, enough. <laughs> uh,
1: just, just enough you, to say Instagram.
3: Instagram. Uh, on the Instagram. You can find us on Instagram at comics underscore and underscore cosmetics. Apparently comics and cosmetics altogether was taken. So make sure you put an underscore in between all the words. You can find us on Facebook at comics and cosmetics and on Twitter at D underscore Sonsasi. And let me spell that for you because you're not going to be able to. That's D underscore s o n c a. S I E. If you are in the Southeast Missouri area and you need your did or your eyelashes done, you can go to salon 2020.com.
1: Very nice. I will stop by and get uh, some uh, eyebrows threaded. Thank you. <laughs> oh,
3: well, I don't do that. I've never been to jail. So
1: <laughs> That I don't know what that means. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right folks contest time in order to win that dc multiverse batgirl mcfarland toys figure you gotta do the following follow us here at the scare scuttlebutt podcast if you're not already take a snapshot and post your subscription of both the scariff youtube channel as well as the comics and cosmetics youtube channel and give her a follow This contest is only open to folks in the continental U.S. because shipping to Zimbabwe and Paradise Island is getting a little out of hand. We'll select a qualifying winner by March 16th. And don't forget to tag us along with the hashtag Scarif Swag. Good luck, listeners. Shanti, bring it home. That's the scuttlebutt.